Welcome to Simply Walk the Talk. Our bodies and minds adapt to what we do most of the time. If you want to change your body and mind, you must change what it is you do most of the time. This podcast explores all things health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle, and biohacking. Stay tuned as we explore various thoughts, methods, and experiences from a multitude of conversations between our interesting guests and experts through many fields of work. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Simply walk the Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Simply Walk the Talk. I am your host, Josh Holland. And today I have a very special guest on the show. We have Carlos Condent, UFC former welterweight champion, interim champion. And, you know, he's he's just a, a legend and in the fight world. And um, I really had a great opportunity to speak with him, and I was happy to be able to do that. It was a bit of a, a rust situation in that Carlos and I both had travels, and we had tried to schedule the the podcast, the interview, several different times. And luckily enough, we were able to finally get it recorded. It just happened to be on a day in which I traveled from New York City to Oklahoma City to visit my family. Um, my dad is in the hospital, and I came straight from the airport to the hospital, and then straight from the hospital back to my brother's house to record this podcast. And um, there was a lot of things that I I wish I had with me, and I wish I had taken better notes and all these things. But nonetheless, it was a very fun interview, and I was very thrilled to be able to speak with Carlos on on a level that I think many people wish they would be able to speak with him on. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and this interview as much as I did. And um, here we go. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful podcast. This is your boy, Josh Holland. And today I have a very exciting guest on the show. Um, I'm pretty, pretty thrilled for this one because like uh, like myself, uh, this guy is a martial artist. He's a legend, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got Carlos Condit on the show. Um, we got, Carlos and I got introduced by way of Dr. Scott Share and uh, my friend Shaker Pie with Troscriptions. And uh, when the opportunity came about to, to possibly have you come on to the show, I was, I was just like, hell yeah. Like, you know, I'm a big martial artist myself and I'm a UFC fan, an MMA fan all together. And um, so I was just super thrilled to have you on the show. And I know you have a fight coming up soon. So um, again, I'll thank you on the air. Thank you for your time. Uh, but for the people who don't know who Carlos Condit is, people who are living under a rock somewhere, um, Maybe let's go into a little bit of a background, but before we do that, before we do that, I want to ask you, what is something that, what are some questions or a question that people, you wish people would ask you, but maybe they don't ask? I would assume that you get asked all 
kinds of questions, usually around the same kind of topic and things like that. But what are some questions that you wish people would ask, but they never ask? Um, well, often I get asked, you know, how, how did I get into MMA? You know, why did I start fighting this and that? But um, I, th- I think like one of the, one of the things that really, that, that I think needs to be, or that, that I would like to talk about more is like why I love it, why I'm still as passionate about martial arts as I was, or even more so, you know, when I started, um, you know, 50, you know, when I was 15 years old. Um, and yeah, that's, and because that, that has evolved over time, you know, what, why I do this has evolved, um, drastically, um, from, you know, from when I was a little kid. Yeah. 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 So that, I mean, I think, I think that's a really good lead into, to basically answering your own question. I mean, I think you, you kind of addressed it, but, um, the fact that you are a fighter, you're, you're more than a fighter though, right? So you, you, you've done a lot. Um, and I've done some, some research on you to know that you started when you were 15. I also started when I was really, really young. Um, we, we have very similar paths, uh, but you went the route of, of choosing fighting as a career. And I chose the path of, of being a trainer and a health coach and a biohacker. Um, but let's, let's talk about some of your, your early, your, your start, your start with MMA. Um, or your start with just fighting professionally. Because I, I, I recall, I think uh, maybe it was on Rogan or maybe it was another uh, interview, but I remember uh, you had addressed your diet in the beginning and how it was just, it was non-existent really. It was just like, you know, because you were broke, I guess, or, you know, money was, it was cost prohibitive to, to eat well. So let's sure. talk about some of those challenges when you were younger. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I think definitely uh, I was a, a broke, um, you know, <laughs> aspiring fighter, but I was also ignorant. I really didn't, I had zero um, uh, education or knowledge about nutrition up until I was about 19. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I ate a pretty like standard American diet, you know, a, a, a decent amount of, uh, a decent amount of, uh, uh, of uh, fast food and just kind of garbage. Um, luckily I knew how to cook and I actually really enjoy cooking. Like I got that from my dad. Um, but you know, both my parents worked full-time jobs. So, um, you know, they were busy, you know, so they, and they didn't necessarily make, make food or nutrition a priority for, uh, for even themselves, you know, which is, I mean, that's pretty standard people who have busy, busy, busy jobs. You really have to, uh, kind of change your priorities to, um, uh, you know, to, to take care of yourself. I even, as a professional athlete who is, you know, who I know how to eat. I've, I've been, you know, I've done consulting on people's diets. I've, you know, I've, I've cut weight and been, you know, very, very tuned into my nutrition for a really long time. When I get busy, a lot of times that goes out the window. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how I, how, how I grew up. And, um, it wasn't until I started really, you know, locking, locking down a strength conditioning program when I was about 19 that I learned basically, you know, just the, the nuts and bolts of, of nutrition, um, you know, macronutrients, micronutrients, um, portion sizes, this and that. And from there, I've, you know, I've, I've taken that and um, kind of plugged that in and, and learned quite a bit since then, a lot more nuance. And there's like been, a, been you know, several new schools of thought that have come out between now and then I was kind of a very bodybuilder centric, um, um, 
you know, uh, mode of thinking when I first, when I first started, but I mean, it was, it was a base. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of liken that to the evolution of martial arts and the evolution of mixed martial arts. Right. And I think people who are doing what they're supposed to be doing in any type of career should be evolving in such ways. Right. So, um, you know, it's like I, I, I mentioned before. I grew up in martial arts. Uh, my dad has a martial arts school here in Oklahoma. I'm here now, and um, I just got back uh, earlier today, and I'm here to visit my family. And you know, it's I think of my childhood very similar to yours in that I was very poor, very broke, and you know, living in a town of three thousand people, and you're broke, and your you know your father is a single father raising two kids working four jobs. We had a little Caesars around the corner. And you mean to tell me I should be cooking organic macronutrient-based foods, or I can go to little Caesars and get a $5 pizza. (laughs) What are you going to do? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, one thing I thought was also pretty interesting is that, you know, you've talked about this before and that you were a fan of Ninja Turtles and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I, I just kind of find that fascinating because I don't hear a lot of, you know, badass, legendary, you know, uh, the assassin, the, the, you know, guys with these amazing names talking about Ninja Turtles like that. But I think it's cool because I was a huge fan as well. Do you yeah. still do you, you know, maybe t- touch on that? How, how was that something that um, became like your uh, your focus? Yeah, I mean, like in the. I guess like the late '80s, early '90s, when I was just a little little tiny kid, there was like there was a ton of ton of martial arts movies. So like Jean Claude Van Damme, which I think was a little bit you know little, you know a little bit beyond you know my age. But I think the second movie I ever I ever saw in theater was uh, Ninja Turtles, and my mom took me, and I remember, and you know like just all around, it's a fantastic movie. It holds up. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah, one of those yeah. ones that definitely holds up. And I remember. You know, the Ninja, I liked the Ninja Turtles, but I was actually really fascinated with like the whole foot plan thing. Like the, the wayward kids who were getting, who were getting swooped up by this group and like trained to be these assassins. And they had, they had their own sparring thing. Like I, I liked the bad guy. Um, and just, I mean, the whole movie was, the whole movie was fascinating. It was, it was, um, um, I think pivotal. And I remember coming out of the movie and you know, throw, you know, throwing spinning kicks and throwing all kinds of stuff and just super jazzed. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think back to those times, so I definitely recall the movie for sure. Um, you know, any martial artist, I think would probably have that in their repertoire. Um, a few movies that come to mind for me is um, The Last Dragon. I don't know if you, if you caught The, the Last Dragon. Um, no Retreat, No Surrender. Um, also, there was, uh, um, you know, the Bruce Lee, all the Bruce Lee movies, but uh-huh. Enter, Enter the Dragon, of course, right? And like you, uh, I was also, I was a basketball player. So I remember seeing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, in, in, I guess it was, was it Enter the Dragon? Yeah, I think yeah, it I think was. So. Yeah, I think it was Enter the Dragon. Anyway, um, yeah, just going back to the movies thing, I think this is what I grew up being a martial artist. A lot of guys in my, in my grade, in my school would try to pick on me because they would be watching those movies. And mm-hmm. then they would come to school and go, Hey, I was watching this movie and, um, 
martial artist should be able to block this punch or block this kick. What would you do if I do this? Like, I used to hate that. Did you get that in school? Um, when I, when I was a little bit, yeah. So I started wrestling when I was about nine and okay. I would, uh, and so, you know, and, and it, it, it was just a completely different landscape, you know, just people. I mean, martial arts was, was different. Wrestling wasn't as popular as it is. And I would, you know, I tell people I was a wrestler, like, oh, well, you know, can, you know, like, well, show, show me this or, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I ran into that quite a bit. People, people trying to test you. Um, yeah, for, for a while. Yeah. And then, and now here you are, you know, you, <laughs> the, uh, I guess your, your record for those who don't know, um, you know, if you can go through the, the whole lineage of what you've done, but um, you morphed from, I, I know I, I heard some, bits about you going over to Asia and fighting, you know, quite a bit in Asia. You were doing kickboxing. I think you even had some boxing matches. Um, and then now you, you're in the UFC. Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, of course, but uh, I recall in the WEC, you were undefeated, right? So, yep. yeah, I think in WEC, you were 5-0, and which is a great accomplishment. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the other things that I feel like is super cool about watching you fight as a, as a true fan of MMA, watching you fight. It's really cool because you, you consistently get fight of the night or, you know, some kind of, <laughs> some kind of like uh, accomplishment award just from being a badass. I think that's really, really cool, which is why I'm excited to see you fight again. Um, but let's, let's talk about some of the setbacks because, um, you know, I feel like anybody who's aspiring to be a fighter who, you know, has the opportunity to, to speak with you, I'm sure would want to know what would happen. What did you do during these times and how would you uh, advise them to get out of it? And I, I know one of the main setbacks that, that comes to mind is uh, you injuring your knee. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was in the Tyrone Woodley flight, fight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what, what exactly happened in, in that injury? Um, so I think it was second round, you know, first round was rough. You know, I was getting... I definitely lost the, lost the first round going to the second round, start to pick up some speed. Um, Tyron shot a takedown on me and my leg got kind of, you know, got caught weird underneath and I blew my ACL and I felt it when it happened. Mm. And so I was like, all right, I need to, you know, I, I need to finish this fight because my knees, you know, my knees injured. And, you know, after the takedown, we popped back up and we're, I'm, I'm starting to pursue him to try to, you know, try to, you know, get something going and he kicks my other leg and my, I went to pivot on the leg that didn't have an ACL and it just completely buckled. And that was, you know, that was the end of the fight, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a shame because no matter how trained and how prepared, you know, it's, it's little flukes like that, that you just, you know, I'm sure you wish you could go back and redo it, but you know, it's the nature of the fights, right? <laughs> it's the nature of the sport. Yeah. You know what? Like that's, I mean, that, that's the price you pay sometimes. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade anything for, um, you know, for, for the chances and the opportunities that I've had to basically live, live my dream, travel right. the world, fight. You know, I get to, I get to not only, you know, continue to learn every single day. I get to teach people what I do. I get to teach people what I love and get them jazzed on what I do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, that's, a, that's another day at the office, honestly. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so more closely related to what I do, my field, um, which is health coaching and, and trying to help people optimize their health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle. Um, I use a lot of different tactics and tools and I, I pull from my experience and things like that, um, which leads me to someone like you. I know you have different fight camps that you go to, that you go through for various fights and things like that. But like for the person who just doesn't quite know what that even looks like, um, maybe you can go through some of the things that you do to prepare. Um, and you know, obviously give as much or as little as you, as you want, but, um, this is a small podcast. I don't think anybody's listening to this, right? I mean, at least, you know, any of the opponents, but, um, uh, I'm just curious in some of the, some of the things that you find to be very helpful for you and your career along your path. Yeah. So, um, you know, mixed martial arts is kind of a conglomerate of a lot of different, different styles, um, wrestling, jujitsu. Uh, boxing, kickboxing, taekwondo, karate. Um, it's like, uh, you know, people take what works for them. Everybody's style is a little bit different. Everybody has, you know, a, a different, uh, a different makeup of, you know, kind of how their style is, is, uh, is put together. Um, that being said, um, you have to learn, you have to be well-versed in everything. So you have to be a jack of all trades. Um, and, so, you know, the, the wrestling, jujitsu, grappling aspect of it is, is very, very, very important. Um, you know, striking. So I have to, I have to train all these different sports almost individually and then together. Yeah. Um, in, in addition to that, um, there's different, uh, I guess, physiological demands um, in, in a fight. So you're going from, you know, really intense isometric type um, stresses to us, to a sprint, to explosiveness, um, and all the way back through, you know, so there's a, um, there's an anaerobic uh, component to it. There's an aerobic component to it. There's, um, so you have to really train all these different energy systems, uh, to, you know, to, um, to be able to, you know, not every fight is the same. Some fights are going to be fast and furious. And the guy who's got, you know, who's got that, um, you know, fast twitch muscle is going to come out and he's going to you know, knock the dude out. But if mm -hmm. the fight goes longer, he goes into the later rounds. He's in a five round fight. You know, he, his, his capacity for that explosiveness is going to diminish. So yep. being able to um, really train all of that stuff and, you know, um, find a good balance between the martial arts styles and the, 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 the physiological and um, I guess physical um, demands that the sport has is really, really difficult. Yeah. I, I'm so happy you just laid all that out the way you did, because I know people who are completely ignorant about the sport. They, they look at it and they go, Oh, this is just a bunch of guys and girls beating each other up and just, you know, meleeing each other. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is an art. This is why they call it martial arts, right? Because, you know, we just listened to you explain the, the, you know, the ins and the outs, the aerobic, the anaerobic, the, you know, the studying the, your opponent, studying the different arts, right? Um, and, and that, it brings me to another point because I know that you've had some practice, some, some training with Erwan um, LaCour uh, mm -hmm. of MoveNat. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm a MoveNat practitioner myself. Nice. And, um, and when I heard you talking about some of your experiences with Erwin, um, I thought 
Wow, this is this is exactly what I mean when it comes to having to really be a student of the of the arts, which is mm-hmm. you went down to the to the fine details of strengthening your feet so that mm-hmm. you could be stronger on your feet because our feet are our foundation, right? Um, do you still do some of that movement type training like uh, like you were doing with, with MoveNAD and things like that? Um, yeah, I do. I, I mean, I still use a lot of the a lot of the floor stuff in my in my warm up almost every single day. Um, there's so much of it that translates to jujitsu. Um, you know, the, the balance stuff I've, I've taken what I learned from, you know, the, you know, from, for Irwan generously spending his time and, uh, you know, sharing his knowledge with me to, um, to the way that I teach, uh, striking the way that I teach, you know, I'm able to really kind of systematically break down the way that, you know, that people's weight should shift and the, the mechanics I teach from a, a biomechanical, uh, base these days that I don't think that I had before, you know, kind of getting plugged into, you know, the, the, the move that, um, modality. Yeah. It's really cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's really, it's, it's really interesting because, um, when I teach some of my clients or courses and we start to ask people to take off their shoes or we ask people to, to balance on a rail or to, you know, to, you know, jump from a rock to another small rock or whatever, you know, you, you start to see like what's happening throughout the entire system. And I can just imagine how, if you can prepare yourself for all kinds of demands, like you, like you mentioned earlier, then, you know, having someone like a Tyron Woodley or GSP or, you know, or, you know, all these different types of, of athletes coming at you, I feel like you can always sort of be prepared. And of course, every fight is different, you know, because not only are you studying them, they're studying you. Um, what are some of the other things that you do in terms of trying to get an edge though? Do you, do you use any kind of supplements? Um, like I noticed that there was a, a photo of the guys at Troscription shared with me um, and you had a blue tongue hanging out. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of your, one of your um, uh, sparring matches or something. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, in, in terms of things like uh, blue canatine or or just blue, do you use any other kind of like nootropics? Um, I so that that's one that I kind of got turned on to recently, and I I really like it. You know, it's, cool, I'm huh? still, um, you know, still kind of uh, experimenting with it, but so far I I I love that one. So I'm a big coffee guy. I, you know, caffeine all day. Um, and, you know, and the majority of my supplementation, I, I, well, I don't supplement typically because I try to get the majority of my um, uh, nutrients and what I need for my food. I mm-hmm. feel like that's the best way to do it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really basic as far as, as far as supplementation. I take, you know, I, I take my, my fish oils and I take, you know, some, some branched-chain amino acids, some, some protein sometimes, but not a whole lot else. But the nootropics... Um, I, you know, I, I used to take, I've taken some from different companies. Um, the, the prescription can of blue stuff, I really feel so far, or at least right now, I feel like that's probably the best thing that I've taken. Um, as far as something that actually, um, supercharges the the brain. Like I almost feel like things are, especially in jujitsu, things are moving slowly. Like I'm able to think quicker or it almost seems to slow things down. And in, in my jujitsu game, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm athletic. You know, everybody has a different approach to it. 
And um, I'm, I'm very athletic. I'm, I, I hold position. I push hard. I have good endurance. I have good strength. And so I, I like to really push people. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I have the, 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 the tech technical background to get submissions, but a lot of times I'm just kind of like smashing and, and that's very applicable for MMA because I get to, you know, in MMA, I'm going to get these positions. I'm going to overwhelm somebody with grappling and then I'm going to be able to strike in jujitsu. You know, you can win on points, but ultimately what you really want to do is submit. You want to get to, um, you know, the, you know, uh, strangles or arm locks or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of position where you have to make somebody tap out. And a lot of that stuff is very intricate. There's a lot of intricacy to those, especially when you're going live, especially when you're, you're sweaty and you're tired. And so to be, to, to feel like things are slowing down a little bit and to be able to um, plug these intricate uh, techniques in play while going live um, has been, um, I, I feel like a really big advantage for me. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I, I, I liken it to the Matrix in a way, mm-hmm. and uh, I myself use it. So uh, again, I, I play basketball at a high level, and I like to use it when I'm playing basketball. And for me, it's like I see the plays well ahead. You know, I see the person cutting before he knows he's cutting. You know, um, <laughs> it's like it's it's what it does is you know, there's a few ingredients in there together people who aren't familiar with this um it's called blue canatine they also have another product called uh, just blue um but basically it's methylene blue which is a blue dye that acts as an antiviral um it also has a bit of uh hemp crystals it has uh, a small amount of caffeine and a small amount of uh, nicotine which is also known as a nootropic and you put all that together and the goal is to to put you in extreme focus. And like you said, if it slows things down when they need to be slowed down and it helps you to have energy to kind of pick you up when you need to be picked up, I feel mm-hmm. like it's this perfect balance. So um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one to have on the list for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nootropics. There's, you know, maybe we could talk offline, but there's a, there's a, there's a couple other ones that I would throw your way, you know, but you know, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for next time. Um, sure. So you've got a big fight coming up. I think that's yeah. the elephant in the room. And, um, you know, I'm sure you're, you're well into the, into the training. And um, uh, it's July 10th, everyone. That would be, what is it, 264, right? Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. the McGregor Poye 3 uh, the trilogy. Car. It's the trilogy, yep. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. So we're going to be uh, rooting for you. And um, so... If I recollect properly, you you had a a streak in which you had lost several fights, and and a lot of guys were pulling out of fights, and and it just, you know every time I would see you on a card, and then and then you know it, it, the fight didn't happen, I'd be like, damn man, like <laughs> I can imagine that being very very frustrating. But um, you know, I feel like you're you're ready for this one, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I've been, been training pretty much nonstop since my last one. I, you know, I came out of that fight without it, you know, um, you know, relatively unscathed and, uh, got right back into training, got right back into, you know, my, um, you know, trying to acquire new skills. And, uh, I actually just did a, a jujitsu match on submission underground about a month and a half ago. That re- went really well. I finished, I got the sub 
in about a minute and 15. So I've really been working on that part of my game. Um, and, uh, in, in this fight is actually, I actually have a shorter training camp. Luckily I'd been training for that one. Um, I got, I got word on this fight, maybe like, I think my entire camp's going to end up being four or five weeks, um, which is wow. pretty short. Typically I'd want about like eight to 10 weeks for a training camp. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was coming in already, already in pretty good shape. Um, and, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm fighting, fighting a guy named Max Griffin. Uh, who's who's very tough, very talented. Um, he's he's dangerous. He's a dangerous striker, um, and I feel like guys like that bring out the best in me. You know, when when I feel, um, you know, when I when, when there's proximity to danger brings out the best in me. Like I when when a guy is when I know that it's either me or him in there, and if I don't if I don't win, then something bad's gonna happen. Um, I I really think I. Uh, I step up and, and, and fight to the best of my ability. I love it. It's exciting. Um, well, I, I want to start to wrap this up because I know you got plenty of things to do. Um, and, you know, hopefully you come out with the win and, uh, you know, we'll be talking more about uh, other tactics and, and things to do with your training. But um, something that I always like to ask people when I have them on the show is, what is your top two pet peeves? Like, what is something that just really gets under your skin? And, and, and it doesn't have to be about fighting. It can just be in general. Just in general in life? Um, well, the one, like, probably the, the biggest thing is, is uh, people being late. Like, I, I'm a very punctual person. And, you know, I, I feel like it's almost disrespecting somebody's time to be, to be late. And time's such a, a valuable thing. I mean, it's... it's it's really all we got. It's, you know, it's probably, you know, when you think about it, the most valuable thing you got, cause you can't ever get it back. Um, so partiness, um, is, <laughs> is definitely one. Um, shoot another, I don't know. I'm a pretty laid back guy. I don't, not a lot of things that get under my skin. Um, well, I, I will say this while you're thinking about the next one, anybody listening to this, that is, has anything to do with Carlos now knows do not be late. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, and then another thing I, and I guess this is a little bit more, um, you know, I don't know, in intangible or, or a little, yeah. Uh, but is uh, like kind of black and white thinking people were very, hmm. um, you know, it's this thing or the other thing. Yeah. That, really bothers me, you know, especially like in, in my world or in, even in your world. I mean, there's, there's the, almost the, the tribalism of like, Oh, this is, this is my modality or this is my diet. This is the way, then this is the way that it has to be. And if you don't do it, you're fucking doing it wrong. Yeah. And oh, it just, that bothers me because there's, and there's so many different ways to do stuff. You know, the, you know, our experience as humans is, you know, so nuanced and there's so many different, different ways to do so many different things that, um, you know, just kind of be locked into a, a dogmatic paradigm, you know, really bothers me. Yeah. Absolutists. We'll call yeah. them absolutists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, so to finish the show, I usually like to finish with a more positive note, which is sure. asking you what is something you're most grateful for. And again, it can be from any domain, any field, something you're most grateful for. Um, you know, I, 
I mean, it's, it's probably, probably cliche, but just, just, just my family. Um, you know, my, you know, the, the, the love that my, my parents gave me, the love that was in my house, you know, what, you know, nothing was not, not everything was all uh, rainbows and unicorns, but, um, you know, being, being loved and taken care of the way that I was, you know, helps me to be a good dad and, and take care of my kids and take care of the people around me. So, you know, I think stuff like that sets the stage for the rest of your life. And yeah, I'm super grateful for that. Respect, brother. Respect. So before I let you go, um, can you just let people know the best ways to find out more about you? Um, sure. Also, feel free to plug. I know you got, you know, uh, coffee, I think, and you've got yeah. jeans and different things. So how can people yeah. find out more about you? <laughs> um, yeah, so just just on social media, at Carlos Condit on, on uh, Instagram, at Carlos Condit on, uh, uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm mostly, mostly active on Instagram. Um, you know, I have a, I have a, fa- a big Facebook page. Um, it's got you know, a decent amount of content. We're kind of revamping that. Um, hundredhandscoffee.com is my, you know, is my coffee company. Been doing that for a while. Um, and yeah, man, that's, that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm going to be watching very closely, rooting you on, bro. Uh, go out there, get the W. Um, and thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And to all the listeners, thanks for listening. And until next time, peace. Walk the talk, talking facts. Move like me, but I move a little fast. Make my move, here to last. Fasten these seatbelts, I'm coming past. Take care of me, longevity. Hack my biology, better believe. Walking the talk, so mind and body connected. Better come give us a listen. Better come give us a minute or two. Open the box up, we giving you tools. Giving your engine the fuel that it needs. Breathing into it, it's autoimmune. Make a connection, we're stronger in two. Making us one of a kind of a you work on the mind, but show me your moves. If you do what you say, you know what to do. Yeah. Simply walk the talk.